Okay. So we're holding towards the end, Baruch Hashem, that this week and next week to get to the end of the Torah. Torah Samech Dalid, Ois Vav. Finally getting back to the opening Pasuk that Rabbeinu Zal based this Torah on. This is the parish of this Pasuk. Hashem is saying, come to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. Um, uh, I'll just mention, I heard from one of my teachers, Rabbi Fleer, that um, uh, just I'll peep shot in the Pasuk, how it relates to everything we've been learning about is that in the most amazing way, from Paro's perspective, he must have been wondering, here's this all-powerful God. He's doing all these unbelievable uh, wonders and uh, you know plagues. And he's at each time asking me for permission. Right? This is Mamish exactly a kind of a question from the Chal Hapanoi. How is it that Hashem is running the world and also people have free choice, right? So Paro, every time he says, look, if you're asking me, uh, and there are even Mepharshim who bring like this, that the way Hashem, what does it mean Hashem hardened Pharaoh's heart? You could look at it like supernaturally. He just like reached in and, and changed his heart. Or you could say, Hashem hardened Pharaoh's heart by the fact that they came and asked him for permission to let them go. Because in his mind, he's like, what? what's going on here? If there's this all-powerful God, they're asking me for permission, so my answer is no. Meaning that itself, the fact that they asked him for permission was itself a way of hardening his heart, a way of making him feel that there's still room for his free choice in the world. And that's Mamish, like a big aspect of what the empty space is. Like we said before, the very beginning of the Torah, that um, the Chal Hapanoi, the empty space, the void, is created in order for us to be able to have free choice. And that you have to say about that void a paradox, that on the one hand, Hashem's light is there. On the other hand, it's not there. And that's also like saying that on the one hand, Hashem already knows everything and is running everything. On the other hand, we also really do have free choice. And both of those things, we can't understand how both those things can be true, that Hashem is mamish doing everything, and we have free choice. It's mamish. That's one another one of the questions that are unanswerable. There's mamish no answer to that. So Paro himself, just in the simple shot of the storyline, was being pulled into that place of seeing Hashem running everything and at the same time being asked for his permission for them to go and serve Hashem. And so every time, it, that itself pushes him to say no. If I have free choice, I say no. Really remarkable. Um, that's like Alder Chapshat in, in, in the Psukim itself, that it, that, it, that it brings out this kind of question that comes from the empty space. Now we'll see how Rabbi Nachman goes in in a much more kind of uh, deeper um, kind of esoteric way of how he learns the, the Pasuk. It says, Paro, the word Paro itself, who bechinas chal haponoi, is itself the aspect of the empty space. Ki Paro lashon bitl, the word Paro, 
is a um, expression of negation, of negation. As he brings you from the Pasuk, let's look at the Pasuk, that um, Moshe and Aaron, they, 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 they're coming to Paro and saying, let my people go, right? The God of the Hebrews have come to us and, they, and we want to go out for three days to the desert to serve Hashem. And Vayomer Aleim Melech Mitzrayim. So the king of Egypt said to him, Lama Moshe Baron Tafriu et Ha'am. Why are you, now here he said, Lahafriya, what does that mean? Tafriu was Ha'ami Masav, Lechulasi was Why are you negating them, stopping them from doing their work? Lama Aram Tafriu es Ha'ami Masav. Right? So this is. What Rabbi Nachman saying, lahafria means to negate, and that's what Paro's very name comes from. Ki Paro lashon bitul. Paro is a word that expresses negation, like in that pasuk milashon tafriyu to negate the people from doing the work. The gam Paro lashon his galus, and the word Paro also is a wording of revelation. Um, it, it doesn't bring here uh, where you see that, but it, it's a, it, um, there's, there's a, there's a Pasuk in Chumash by the Sota, right? Let's look at that for one second. Um, by the Sota, you have a usage of that word that's in Parsha Naso. Uh, in Bamidbar. Have to just look it up by the pasuk. Sorry, I didn't I guess I forgot to have that set up in advance. So it Uh, five. Midbar, hey. Here we have the laws in the Chumash about the Sota. The Sota is the woman who is told by her husband, do not seclude yourself with a particular man because the, 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 the husband is suspecting her. Oops. Right. gonna load up. Okay. No. Pasuk Yudchet. Perakei Pasuk Yudchet in Bamidbar. It's one of the, this lady, if she then goes and secludes herself, that uh, means is alone in a closed room with the man that the husband already officially warned her not to seclude herself with. 
then she, there's a whole ritual that she has to do. She comes to the base of Mikdash's Vehemid, Hakohen is Ha'isha Lifnei Hashem. Hakohen will have her stand before Hashem. Uh oh. Uh oh, I hope my internet is okay. Aye, aye, aye. Can you guys hear me? I think the internet. Okay, can you hear me now? Let's go. Yes, yes, like it's now, yes. Now it's better. Okay, So, uh, so you have This pasuk, the the Cohen, It's a whole process. We can't get into the, the whole thing. You can look it up. That the the, the sota goes into the base of Mikdash. The Cohen says to stand before Hashem. The base of Mikdash says, Ufara es rosha isha. Ufara, what does that mean? Let's see if Rashi does it. Ufara says soter et kliatsara means he has to undo her hair to reveal her hair. This is where the word fara means he's galus, like Rabbeinu was saying. Probably find it better maybe in the Ibn Ezra. Ufara yegale. See that? Ufara et roshaisha yegale to reveal her hair. That this is part of the thing that that she um, uh, that's just part of how the ritual is is described there. Not getting into why and what, but that is where you see the word para, meaning giloi. I just brought that in because he didn't give an, bring an example for for para lashon bitul. He brought the example of uh, paro talking to the people and saying, "How long tafriwa ta'am? You're 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 causing them to desist to." To negate the work that they're doing, so it's lashon bittel negation. And it's also lashon. It's also an expression, a, a word that means revelation. He's galus. So this is the aspect of what the empty space is all about. because it's totally cleared from any um, revealed sense of godliness. And within this empty space is where there can be revealed what. The world, the world in all of its particularities, because it's a place of finiteness, because it's emptied out of infiniteness, although it's also there, the infiniteness in a hidden way. But it, you know, ba it's basically in terms of how we perceive it, it's not infinite. There's an empty space, the infiniteness is not there. But what therefore can be revealed here in this world is finiteness, this world that we're in, the world of measurement, the world of particularity, this created world can be revealed within it. So the word paro, mamish is a perfect word, he's mamish going far beyond the character of paro and chomish, mamish reading the psukim like on a very high kind of heavenly level, that paro, the word paro refers to the empty space. Because it's a place where there's a bitl, where there's a, a tzimtzum, a constriction and a negation of the infiniteness of Hashem, that we don't perceive it here. And then a revelation of the finiteness of the world, of the, the, the world and, and each of our lives with all of their stories. V'sham b'chal ha'panoi in this 
uh, empty space, yesh kvedus leiv. There's a heaviness of heart, right? What did Moshe Benu say? Tashem, boel paro, ki ani hichbadati es libay. They bring this, this puzzle, just look at the puzzle for a second. Come to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. I have made his heart heavy. Literally, kaved means heavy. It was translated as hardening the heart, but it means I've made his heart heavy. His heart and the heart of his servants. In order to um, put my wonders, these wonders, in his midst. So says Rabbeinu, There in Paro, in this place, of negation of infiniteness, revelation of finiteness. In that place, there is heaviness of heart. Why? What's the concept of the heaviness of heart? It's not, once again, it's way beyond the simple um, the simple uh, character of Paro. It's mamish, the highest kind of uh, abstract concepts that the Psukim are talking about. There in, in the place that is called Paro, which is the void, the empty space, there is a heaviness of heart. Because the, the empty space itself can never be understood. Right? As we've said before, because you have to say about it two opposites. Hashem's not there. Hashem is there. Not Hashem being there. Hashem's light is Hashem's infiniteness. His godliness is there and is also not there. But Hashem Himself, the story is not about Hashem Himself. It's about the Or Ain Self. It's about the godliness. Elokut. Very important to make that distinction. Hashem Himself is beyond all language. You can't say anything about it. Empty space means within His light, within the infiniteness of the expression of Hashem. So all. So why is there a heaviness of heart in that empty space? In the space of finiteness where this world is because existing here as creatures, as creations means there's going to be a certain heaviness of heart because there are going to be certain questions that will not have answers and all the wisdoms that come really from this place they all carry with them, they all contain within them a certain kind of heaviness of heart that we have questions that we just have to hold on to. We just we're left with questions on God in this place. We cannot find Hashem in terms of language and regular kind of conceptual understanding. We can only find Hashem there through faith. Because Hashem has 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 um, has emptied it of his godliness, in order for finite creation to be able to come into being, because his godliness, his light, his infinite light, just there's no room there for any other, for any particularity, for any real dignity of particular private life. So his godliness is constricted. And because of that, we who are live in this space, we are left with questions about God. If we could follow our questions all the end, end and prove in like a logical language-based way how God is here, we would lose our free choice. 
our, our life would become kind of meaningless. We would turn into just kind of extensions of God. We wouldn't have the dignity of all the mystery of life itself. But in order for us to have that dignity, in order for us to have our own private lives, we have to exist within a context that we can't understand. And, and, and there have to be questions on God that we can never get to the bottom of. In order for all of this is in order for this finite creation to actually come into being. And therefore, Moshe himself, Moshe specifically, the greatest, greatest tzaddik can Dafka engage that place, like we learned, go in there and sing the nigun, right? Bechinos hachalol hapana, he goes to Paro, Hashem says to him, even doesn't even say lech, he says, come to Paro, come, find me here, not in a way of words, in the silence, like we've been learning about. Yavol el Paro, bechinos hachalol hapana, this, this empty space, ki asulich nois l'sham, ki we're forbidden to enter there, nobody can go there on purpose, Except Moshe. Moshe can purposely go to that place of emptiness, go to those deep questions. Because we cannot find Hashem there in any kind of logical way. This, by the way, uh, corresponds to an amazing tar from the Ishbitzer Rebbe. Ishbitzer, he brings down the opinion in Baba Basra, I think it's Ted Zayin Amudbet. That Mo, that Moshe Rabbeinu authored the book of Eov. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the book of Job, which is the book of the deepest questions on Hashem. Because Dafka, this was his thing. He went to that place of having no answers. Right, all the, in the story of Job of Eov, he has these three friends who all come. And, and kind of give him philosophical understandings of suffering in terms of a kind of a theology of Hashem. And Eov will accept none of their explanations. He says, no, I don't get it. I don't understand, right? Until finally Hashem reveals himself, but still doesn't give him an answer. It's still this place of very deep silence, which is everything we're learning about. Moshe, Dafka can go to Paro. Moshe can author the book of Eov. This is how we can go back and read the Pasuk. Right? You come into Paro, to that place of Bittel, of the infiniteness, and revelation of finiteness, which is the place of the empty space. You come, you can come in. Because I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, what does that mean? Avadim, what does it mean? Servants means something well beyond the characters in the Chumash who were the who were the servants of Paro. This the servants, the slaves, they represent what they mean in this perverse and this abstract, super high heavenly level of how Rabbi Nachman's reading the Pasuk. Avadim are called the um, introductory concepts. Behind every wisdom, kikol chokma yeshla hakdamas. Every type of wisdom you have to know certain prerequisites that you have to know. You want to be mamish become a chemist, 
you have to know this and this and this and this and this, and then you can really learn the Chochmah. So they're the aspect of kind of slaves and servants to the wisdom, to that discipline. They're called servants, slaves. They serve that Chochmah, that particular branch of, of wisdom. God says, I've hardened the heart of Paro and of all of his servants. It means all of the wisdoms and all of the introductory concepts behind those wisdoms, which come, those wisdoms specifically, which come from the empty space. They all contain within them this heaviness of the heart. Because what's heavy? They're all carrying around the deepest sense of being unresolved, of not being able to have an ultimate total sense of what reality really is. And therefore they all have this kind of heaviness of heart, missing the emunah that can bring you a lightness and a simcha, all just filled with this heaviness. <clears throat> In order that I shall place these wonders within Egypt, as much as Shem's telling Moshe, go come to Paro, ask him. And again, I'm gonna I've hardened his heart. Why? So that I can bring all these plagues. I bring all these wonders. This means to say, back to the abstract heavenly level. This means to say. The fact, this, that I have hardened his heart, what does a hardening of the heart mean? Means it's hardening of hardening of heart means everybody who goes to these wisdoms and the uh, uh, with all of their uh, prerequisites, knowledge, all that place of those knowledges and those wisdoms, all heavy of heart. And that's what Shem's saying, for I have hardened his heart, heart of Paro, heart of the wisdom of those who study the wisdoms that come from the empty space. Sorry um, uh, I was up late with my baby daughter. There's a hardening of heart. There's a heart, a heaviness of the heart because we can't find Hashem there, right? This was in order to be able to put into it my wonders, and here they say ois. The word ois means a sign. The word ois also means a letter. The letters, the letters of the olive base, the measures, the particularities of creation. In order that I shall place within that empty space, that paro, the letters of creation, right? Not talking about plays, but this high, high heavenly level of reading where paro is not a person, paro is the empty space. And most of the tzaddik's being called in there in order for Hashem to place the letters of creation into that in order for creation to come into existence there. Because Hashem has constricted and drained His holiness from there, so to speak, His his godliness. If Hashem would not have withdrawn his godliness, his infinite light from there, then there would be no space. There would be no, there would be no space for creation. <clears throat> so this is this amazing, amazing reading. 
And then the puzzle continues. I'm just going to call up the puzzle one second so you can see it. The puzzle continues. Oh, I don't know if I can get. Okay, you Aleph. Oh, okay, we gotta be taken inside in another place. Here. As he's now he's going into the next pasuk. Right, Hashem tells Moshe, the tzaddik, come to Paro, to the empty space. Opa. Disappearing. Ah. Oh. I have made his heart heavy. That means I've caused all of those who study the, these wisdoms or, all, or, or, or any of the prerequisites to these wisdoms, any of the ideas you need to know to be able to understand these wisdoms. I made them all heavy-hearted because they get stuck with questions on Hashem. In order to be able to bring my letters, the letters of creation, into that empty space and create the world. And now he's going to the next passage. In order that you should be able to tell your child, your son, and your son, the son, that which I have mocked Egypt, is like to mock. I mocked this great, huge power of Egypt. And in order to tell your children of my wonders that I have placed among them, and you should know that I am Hashem. On this, things are benu. Lubad tisaper boznei vincha. Oops. Back to the Excuse me. Lubad tisaper. In order to be able to tell this story, what does this have to do with it, with how with our kind of heavenly, very high reading of the pasuk? Rabbi Nachman's reading of the pasuk. The man zaper kisham besocha briyesh nisav besocha chol aponoi. There, within creation, which comes into being within the empty space, sham to chalas aper daber. There, there's what to tell about. There's what to speak about. Kiyesham ois yos vadiber because there in that empty space. That's Dafka, the place where letters belong, where they where they where they came from. Through and it's through those letters that creation itself comes into being. To tell it this in the ears of your son and your grandson. <laughs> As we said, creation itself was for the sake of revealing Hashem's compassion. And creation came into the world through speech. So we find that 
everything within the Chol HaPanoi is a kind of a constriction of Hashem's love and compassion. His constriction was not just of godliness to create the space of the empty space, right? That what we said before about symptom, there's two symptoms that happen. One symptom is to constrict and drain the empty space of the infinite light of Hashem in order that there should be finite world and free choice and we each have the dignity of you know the, the struggle, the the journey, the quest of life. Otherwise we would all just be like robots without that. And so it's very important that Hashem constricted his godliness to make that space. But then there's another kind of constriction, which is that the very finite world that is here is itself an, a, a experience. Every time we experience anything in this world, every breath of air, every stair we, every stair we walk up, every chair we sit on, every conversation we have, mamash, everything that happens, even the things that are difficult, they are all... Um, God's love just very, very, very constricted in order to reach us in a finite way. But they're all literally uh, um, uh, God's own infinite love just made into a bite-sized experience of some kind. So that's the second kind of symptom. Once again, the first symptom is to constrict the infinite divine light to make room for others, to make room for a finite Bria. Otherwise, everything would all be bivchinas einsof. Everything would all be infinite. We wouldn't really have free choice. We would all just be kind of uh, uh, extensions of Hashem, and not and not really have our own free choice. And so Hashem wanted this amazingly paradoxical world where we each have a soul that is a piece of Hashem, and yet we really do also have free choice. And uh, so Hashem constricts His infinite light. And then the second constriction is within that empty space that's created out of the first constriction. Hashem constricts himself again to reach us here, to make a world with all of its colors, shapes, experiences. Every single thing we do is Hashem's love reaching us uh, in a new specific way, in every specific experience, every one, the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hashem should be only good, but everything that we experience is an experience of Hashem's love coming through in a particular way. And there was a symptom, there was a constriction of that infinite love to reach us in this finite way with each finite experience that we have. Hashem um, uh, constricted his compassion, which is infinite, and in, made his compassion result in something particular and finite as opposed to some infinite thing. Which would be, you know, according to quote unquote Hashem's nature. It was dangerous to say such a thing, but you know, the infinite. If it would have just stayed infinite, it wouldn't really reach us in a, you know, in the kind of life that we are really experiencing of having finite, particular life. So, Hashem made each thing like this table, this book, with this. Whatever, every single thing in the world, with this kind of design and this kind of likeness, 
according to each thing is all these different shades of God's love and compassion reaching us uh, literally through every object, every experience, every breath of air, every dream, every person we meet. It's all Hashem's love reaching us in all kinds of different particular like kaleidoscopic ways. So midas rachmanusa is barachiva. That was it was God's great compassion, which came to the conclusion that to, that there must be that my table should be exactly like this, and 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 this shirt should be just like this, and this beard just like this. Ki because Hashem's love shoresh kol That compassion and love is the root of all of creation, because it was the motive for all of creation to reveal. Hashem's compassion and love in the world. Because everything in the world was created to reveal Hashem's compassion. Okay, we just said a, a big mouthful. Is this good and clear? Let me know if there are any questions. I will keep going. Very deep, high, very deep. Yeah, high. sounds good. Okay, it's very deep and high stuff. They were able to learn this. Mamish a big schus. Okay, so now he relates it to the right back to that pasuk. Remember the pasuk. We were just looking at it. Right, that comes right after the first pasuk of Baal Paro. Is now in order that you should speak and tell in the ears of your son and your grandson. That which I have mocked Egypt, and my wonders that I put amongst them, you shall know that I'm Hashem. So now back to Rabbi Nachman's amazing kind of abstract heavenly way of reading it. In order that you should tell it in the ears of your son and your grandson. Son and grandson, Rashi brings, Ad Khan Haben. As Rashi says to this Pasuk in Breshis, that this is back where Abraham is making a deal with Avimelech. And, uh, and Avimelech says to him, now swear to me, they're making like a pact, a peace pact. And Avimelech says to Abraham, swear to me, if you shall, like lest you shall um, uh, go against or, or be untrue, im tishkorli ulenini ulenechti. To, 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 to me or to my grandchildren. Like the chesed I have done for you. Right? So here maybe we can fit Rashi here on the page too. Because um, Rashi, this is what Rabbi Nachman is quoting here. From the father to the grandson is the limit of how much he's able to see across the generations and still feel a connection to. Although he might be here, might mean actually great-grandson. The son, the grandson, the great-grandson. Um, so here, I mean, Nachman takes us out of the story of those characters uh, and, and even like a practical thing of Hashem saying each one of us to tell our, our children and our children, 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 children. Um, he's saying, just like Rashi learns from here, that um, uh, the natural love that a grandparent has, it reaches the son and the grandson, even the great-grandson. But once it's great-great, there's something, there's a limit. The person's going to be too old to really be able to relate. Something like that. Um, 
Nachman takes this to mean that which is post-creation, that which is come into existence in terms of the particularities of this world, the creation, that, that second symptom of particularity and, and, and measurement and finiteness that is revealed within the empty space, there about that you can tell and speak. Sham tu you can even grasp the constricted love that's really there in everything, that was the motive behind everything, that really is in every experience. And that and then this that it says in order to write Laman to Saper means uh, uh, that again back to how we're reading this this Pasuk, right? It's an amazing reading of the Pasuk that Hashem is saying to Moshe, the great Sadi, come to Paro, come into the empty space, for I have made the hearts of his heart and the heart of his servants heavy, the heaviness because of the questions that come from that empty space, from that place that is called Paro, in order, why is there this empty space? In order for me to create my finite creation within it through the letters. Laman shisi oisai like oisai oisai, my letters within his midst, and then ulaman to saper, and this is going to allow you to actually be able to talk about your connection to me. You, you'll be there will be particular experience, but they say, yeah, I felt Hashem telling me something through this, and I related to Hashem, and we're always relating to Hashem through all of every every single finite experience that we have in the world. Laman to saper to be able to put words to our experiences of Hashem on the level of relief, of sensing God's love for us here in the world. That's Laman Saper. And what are you going to be able to talk about? You're going to be able to talk to the ears of your son and your son's son, meaning you're going to be able to recognize the love that is constricted within everything. Which is the aspect of Ad Khan Rachmiya of the when the Torah describes son and grandson, it's describing how far the love can go in a conscious way within a human being, which is also about the idea of a limitation to love and compassion, which is itself the aspect of everything that we have in the world, because everything we have in the world is um, kind of finite morsels of God's infinite love for us. Every experience, everything we come across, every object, is all finite expressions of God's infinite love for us. And so that's why to saper, this this, uh, world was made in order for us to be able to talk about the particular experience we have and how we can experience Hashem's love and compassion within everything in a limited and particular way. That's bincha uven bincha, because that's how far love and compassion go is to the grandson. Maybe it's the great-grandson. I'm not actually a thousand percent sure about that Rashi. Today in Hebrew, nin means great-grandson. That in each thing, there's this much love. There's this much, each thing, we, each experience we have has a finite kind of uh, uh, 
a bit of Hashem's love for us there. And then it says, what you can, what, what will you tell your children? In the Pashat Pshat, in the Pasuk says, that which I have mocked Mitzrayim, so what's that about? Remember, we talked about this way back at the beginning of the Torah, that there are these husks that are created from there being too much light uh, and the and the and the from the from the shattering of the vessels, right? Remember, we said this that um, sometimes it's almost like it's a necessary step. It is a necessary step that the vessels break. That means that um, there's too much light for the vessels. We spoke about this. One way to understand it. Is, um, you know, let's say a person, uh, let's say a person just gets married, right? So they've got all these great dreams about what marriage is going to be. And then the light, you know, very often, probably in every marriage, is greater than the vessels that they really have from when they were single. And things break down. Um, and then there's this whole work of kind of reconstructing the marriage in a way that's going to be um, uh, filled with growth and communication and connection and kind of get out of that kind of honeymoon stage where we have all these like kind of kind of dreamy expectations and it's too much light. The vessels that we have aren't up for the task and, and they break and then we learn to build new vessels and relate in strong proper ways the husband and wife learn each other's rhythms each other's personalities it takes years um, uh, and um, when the vessels first break it that's what creates the husks the clipos like we spoke about it creates um, uh, uh, a whole experience of things that are essential and things that are in non-essential, like like we're not going to talk about hair, nail, fingernails, things that can we can be cut off. They're not really um, essential, and uh, the energy behind the klipos in the world came about through the original shattering of the vessels, which, uh, like we said bring it back to this analogy like like before the husband and the wife so the vessels break and because of that what happens suddenly maybe the wife is upstairs crying eating ice cream and the husband's downstairs binging on doritos and football or something like that and they just because things broke down suddenly they got caught up in things that are non-essential things that are kind of drying them uh you know a like we say you know like ice cream if it's kosher it, it can be lifted up or it can dry you down you know football game you know it, it, it can be you know kosher a, a nice uh you know break from 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 uh, the rigors of uh learning torah and and be fun and everything or it can get you too much into it and and, and make you avoid talking to your wife, for instance. So, so these things, they come about 
when the vessels get broken, right? So Sashari Salalti is talking about the Klipois. It's nothing to do, right? He's, he's out of this high schematic, high abstract, heavenly level of reading the Pasuk. Sashari Salalti means ki he salalti perish Rashi, si chakti Rashi says, I've mocked them, I'm like laughing at them. Hainu shasisis choik ve'oilus ba'oil, that means I've created this place of mocking and laughing, but not in a good way. Hainu bechinas klipois. This is this place, the ice cream, the football game, frivolities and things that are um, mockery, really, of, of, of real life. They could be the the good there's there's certain klipas that are mamish totally negative. There are some klipas like we've spoken about klipas noga that could be um, integrated if used in the right way, but they can also kind of turn your life into kind of a mockery into something silly. Compared to holiness, these things are just like somebody pretending just miming what real life is but it's not a real life it's like you're all caught up just in in stupidities super bowl whatever <laughs> not that i'm putting it down there is such a thing as true uh, 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 fun and it's very important actually to rest your mind and have fun etc but when you get too drawn into it then and your life is just all about that it really it becomes a mockery of what a real life is this is like you become like a monkey that is like pretending to be a human, but isn't hasn't really embraced the depths of, of, of real real human life, right? So in, in order that you shall tell, so deep it's so amazing how I was reading these psukim and some mamish completely heavenly and incredible. You shall tell you'll be able to have language uh, for that love that which has become limited. Bincha ben bincha that level of, of how, how human love only goes so far down the generations and re- that represents God's constriction of his love in order to manifest finite, like frozen chunks of his love within every experience that we have. And to and also this created the klipa, this created this, this joke on Mitzrayim, this mockery of Mitzrayim, which means because of this finite world that we live in, there's going uh, uh, to be these ex- these klipas, these husks that are existing there. Um, uh, and um, and so, so so we're gonna have to stop here. But this is this is uh, this is all mamish incredibly deep. Next week will be the last year on, on this Torah. We're very close to the end. It's just like a little bit down here, and that's it. Then it's ready to Samech. Hey, um, uh, just a few more paragraphs to next week. Bezdesh, and we will. We'll learn them. We'll go back over these psukim again. Any thoughts or questions before we before we finish? Novaldic. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Elder. Yeah. You want to say something? I don't have. I don't hear you. I'm signing off. Thanks. Oh, okay, fine, fine. Right, Pleasure. Yeah. Okay, Skoyak, guys, great to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Tamama said it's such an awesome thing to learn this Torah and to learn it together. It's a shame. See you tomorrow. Chaim, chaim.